You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Are you having a good time so far? Good. Amen. Well, we have a very special guest this morning, actually two of them. John and Jana Rogers came up last night, spent the night, and um, because he's going to be our guest speaker today, God brought them into our lives several years ago when we were pastoring in McKinney, and we've been fast friends ever since, seven, six, six years ago. Amen. <laughs> Anyway, they're very special friends of ours, and they're going on vacation with us as soon as the service is over, so amen. I'm introducing John Rogers. Well, praise the Lord. It's good to be in the river today. Are you all glad you're here? Yes. All right. Well, I want everybody to say with me, wow. Wow. Now say it backwards. Wow. Now say it upside down. How else can you describe mom? Just wow. There's nobody like mom, huh? <laughs> Hallelujah. So there's so many acclimates or things said about mothers today. It's hard to describe mothers. So I'm going to just describe my mom just right quick and brief. And I believe in this description, mothers will be picked up all over the world. I appreciate mothers because she convinced me the truth about my birth. My dad used to say I was found under a rock. And she said, honey, I promise you I gave birth to you. And my dad said, no, we found you. So she'd tell me, no, I gave birth to you. You are my favorite child. Now you got to understand I'm the fourth child and there was one after me. So I guess she told all the children that. But my mother raised every one of us. My dad was military. My mother is the strongest woman I know. I don't know how she survived, but she survived. And if you talk to her about me, I am still her favorite son, and I am perfect. So you know, when I go to my mom, I love to hear about how perfect I am. Amen? And so I know every mother feels that way about their own child. Don't ask me how I feel about your child. Just you continue to talk about him. Amen? And uh, so I want to talk to you today to increase your faith, to give you a new love and adoration for the faith that God has given to all of us. The greatest gift to the world was Jesus Christ. He brought salvation to all mankind and that whosoever would receive it can become a child of God. But faith is the greatest gift that he has given to the church. I thought I would get a little more amen out of you about that because I know this is a faith church. Faith is what pleases God. Hebrews eleven six says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. But the greatest gift that God gave to the church, there's plenty of great gifts that he gave to the church. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so faith is the tool that he gave us in order to please him. Come on, River. Work with me. Don't make me drag it out of you that you love God. I know you love God. So we got to talk about faith. Faith is what pleases God. Faith is also what makes mine and your life in the natural better than the unsaved generation that we're living in today. It's what separates you and me from the other crowd. Faith is acting upon God's word, believing it. Faith is the tool that God gave us to get out of financial debt. Faith is the tool that God gave us to get out of sickness and disease and poverty. And all the elements are all the things that ail us in this earth. 
See, when we talk about heaven, you start thinking of no problems. You start thinking of the sweet by and by. You start thinking of how much there's no more conflict in your life and how that person who rubs you sideways and you want to prick them in the eye with a stick, you don't even think about that anymore because you know when you're in heaven, there's not going to be a need for faith because there won't be a devil that you'll have to attack. See, faith gives you the strength to attack your circumstances. Amen. Faith gives you the power to go after hell and swing out over it on a corn stalk with a water pistol squirting the devil in the eye saying it ain't going to work here no more. Amen. See, faith is something we all need because faith is what's got you here today. That ain't good English, but that got you here today. See, faith is the reason you're here. You thought, well, I'm here because I'm saved. Yes, but where did your faith first come from? Who gave you your faith? Without faith, you couldn't even get saved. You were lost and doing your own thing, and God came knocking at your door. God sent labors across your path to share the gospel with you so you could have faith to be saved. I want to say it again. You're not saved today because you were the genius that thought about it because you're the one who came up with the ideal you wanted to get saved. No, God had to get a laborer to cross your path and share the gospel with you and prick your heart, break it down to the place that you saw the need of a savior. So that's why I say faith now for you should be the most important thing that you're trying to obtain. Romans 10, 17, somebody quote it besides Pastor John. Faith cometh by. So we know how faith comes. It's not an issue. But without faith, we can't, believe, we can't please God. But also, it says that we must believe that God is who he is and that he will reward us for our faith. See, the reward of faith is a life on earth that is almost the same way it's going to be in heaven. I want to say it again. A life of faith is going to be the same way or almost exactly like it's going to be in heaven. Because we're always going to be believing God's word. We're always going to recognize and say, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Majesty and wonderful are you because you created the heavens and the earth. And you know all the stars by name. You know every star that has shot across the sky. You know every mountain that you told to declare to come up out of the water. You're going to be able to look back at the Red Sea and see how he blew the wind and it raised the water and dried the ground so that people could walk across it. I'm in a prophetic flow. Stay with me. And so as you begin to walk across the flow on the dry ground, God could have left it muddy, but he cared that much about your life. He didn't want mud on your shoe. He cared that much that he didn't want mud between your toes. And for you girls that like manicure toes, he's okay with French tips and a little design on your toes, but he don't want mud between your toes. God is good all the time not some of the time but all the time Whew. I mean he's so good that we can hardly comprehend it without faith see if you don't have someone stirring your faith it's hard to believe he loves you it's hard to believe he wants you healed you know the woman with the blood issue she heard she had heard about this man called Jesus and she had, she had to bring the side-by-side -side comparison. Do I take the risk to get out in public and exercise my faith in the midst of people who don't want me around to get my healing? Or do I got to just sit back and always accept my life the way it is? Or should I push through the crowd and touch the hem of his garment? She had her issue for 12 years. She had spent her savings. She had spent her inheritance. She had spent every dime she had to get well. But this one substance that, one substance that God gave to the church called faith was going to see her through. She pressed through the crowd and she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus said there was power 
that went out and he wanted to know who touched this power. See, every time you walk in faith, God knows it because it rings his bell. It gets his attention. It draws him away from everybody going, Hosanna, Hosanna, holy is this. He'll stop everything to go, hold it, somebody touch me. Heaven stands still when Jesus says, somebody touch me. And then the woman was afraid. Did you know that fear is a natural response to God? In the proper, listen to me, in the proper frame, it's natural to be, oh my. Every angel that showed up on the earth and spoke to a man, the first thing he said is, fear not. I've been sent by God. See, you and I, faith will completely remove that fear. When we're walking in it, we won't be afraid to come to the throne of holies of holies in the time of need when we need help the most. Faith puts me in the place that I understand that I'm righteous and I have the ability to come before God without the sense of guilt or condemnation, not based on my own works. I know my faith has to have works, but that's not the kind of works God lets me come to his house on. He lets me come to his presence to sit in his glory, to sit in his kabod, to sit in his presence by faith. Faith is the only thing that will bring you before God. Nothing else will bring you before God. Only the faith that you demonstrate. God looks throughout the whole earth to show himself strong to the one who is looking for him to do something. When's the last time you said, God, do something for me? When's the last time you said, prove yourself to me, God? Show yourself strong to me. I remember when you parted the Red Sea at my salvation, but what about the circumstances with my lawyer? What about the circumstances with my wife? What about the circumstances with my employment? What about the circumstances with my retirement? What am I going to do for my money when retirement comes up? There's not not much in the social security. God, show me that you can provide a raven for me. Show me that you'll feed me regardless of my own money. I thought I'd get you excited when I started talking about money. Do you know that Jesus talked more about money than he did any other subject besides faith? <laughs> Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you really study it in context, he was talking about their money. He's talking about their clothes. He's talking about their house. And he said, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to seek me first and the way that I do things. And if you'll do it the way I do it, these things will chase after you. You won't have to look for them. They'll look for you. I've had people look for me in my job. They want the best. They've heard I'm the best. I know why I'm the best, because I do it for God. And I want you to know, I want you to know something. I'm the most expensive. (laughs) Faith taught me to be valuable. Faith taught me that God placed such value on me that I should think that way about myself. You know what's wrong with some of you on your job? You don't have enough value about yourself. You need to take faith and increase your value. (laughs) You know, I've been saved for 35 years. 35 years. And I still love God. I still love faith. It never gets boring. You know... I don't get to choose the circumstances that I go through half the time, but I get to choose by faith how to get through them. (laughs) I mean, faith, it tells us that the just shall live by faith. In Romans 117, it says the just shall live by faith. Habakkuk 2.4 says the just shall live by faith. Galatians 3.11 says the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 10.38 says the just shall live by faith. Do I have any just people in here? (laughs) You know, one of the things as a born-again believer, 
I'm kind of doing preach and skip around shotgun effect. You know the difference between a shotgun and a single shotgun? I mean, a single gun that shoots one bullet at a time? A shotgun is made in such a way that you can aim it here, and it picks everybody up this way. When you have one bullet, like a teacher, sometimes a teacher will come in and teach, and he zeroes in on one subject. That bullet's going straight forward. When you get a preacher teacher, or just a preacher messed up teacher, reacher, one who just really goes at it like I do sometimes, he's shooting his shotgun. He's trying to pick up the whole crap. And so if you'll work with me, God will talk to you today. Like there's people in here that are dealing with stuff legally and it has to do with the law. We're going to pray in a minute. There's people here that have blood issues that you've been declared by a doctor that the issue is in your blood. And we're going to pray for you in a minute, okay? So I just want you to know there's things already that God has prearranged and preplanned to heal in your life. He will demonstrate himself for one reason and one reason only. When the power of God shows up and the anointing destroys a yoke of bondage in somebody's life, the purpose is so that their faith will be in who? So that their faith will be in God. (laughs) I don't know about you, but there's a passage of scripture, John chapter 16, verse 33, that reads, Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. But before that, I wish they would have left that out. It says, In this world, you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. What the scripture is not saying, listen to me, church, because there's a lot of false doctrine going on right now in the church world. And we're not always with who you're listening to. In other words, I'm not there seeing who you're listening to when you're not at church. I don't know what your friends are sharing with you. I don't know what your favorite teacher's teaching to you. I know what this favorite teacher's teaching to you. I know what this favorite pastor's teaching to you. They're teaching you faith. But one thing this scripture does not say, if you don't hear anything else today, please listen to me. Please put your ears on. Please forget about your empty checkbook. Please forget about your wife speaking to you that way today. Please forget about your husband saying that and you can't believe he said that to you. Please forget about the fact that your children are yours and you can't do nothing about it. Amen. (laughs) And please, please get over the rejection because none of you have been rejected the way Jesus Christ was rejected. But if you don't hear anything from me today, if you don't get anything else I say today, and you don't care about anything else I say today, please hear this because this is how important it is. And this is not what that scripture said. God had anything to do with your tribulation. God said, while you're in this world, he did not say, it's my will. He did not say, it's my plan. You can justify anything you're going through and say, God's a part of it. But you need to be aware of that you're not blaming him. Because if you blame him, then you have X'd out your only help. Do you understand the woman with the blood did not say, God did this to me. He is my answer. He's my answer. That's why she was not afraid to get up out of the ordinary and do something different. I mean, we need to have more faith like the four friends of the paralyzed person. We need to be preaching and dust start falling on people. Roof particles start coming down on people and the preacher's preaching and he's not even paying attention because he knows something supernatural's happening. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a paralyzed guy starts being let down out of the sky and he sees ropes and he's thinking, my God, do I, what's, why me, God? Couldn't it be another preacher 
Why does it have to be while I'm preaching? God would probably say it's because you're preaching the truth. Faith in Christ only. Paul said, I don't know nothing but Christ only in the death, the burial, in the resurrection. He says, that's all I know. I don't know fancy preaching. I don't know any preaching that can get you healed unless it says, by his stripes, you've been healed. He, I guarantee you, Jesus never minced a word and left an indication that he was a part of it. When they asked Jesus, who sinned that this child was born that way? The mother or the father? And Jesus said, neither of them. But for the glory of God, I'm going to heal them. He didn't place blame. He's not looking to reason why. He's given us the answer through faith. He said, my word is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. All you need to do is act on my word and then don't grow weary. Don't be discouraged. Right now, I know how discouraged you are because the devil's pulled every stop out. The devil is working overtime on the river. The river is flowing upstream instead of the lazy stream the world's in. You're here trying to go God's way. Y'all are on purpose getting hit by the devil. You ever think about the difference between a, turning around in a river when it's flooding? You know, in the river that you're flowing with, you can't see the obstacles. But when you turn around and start going upstream, you can see the logs coming. You know, when you decide that you're going to walk by faith and you're going to tithe, what's the first thing the devil does? You're fired. You're not going to get your raise because you're a Christian and we don't like it. You're not old enough because we're looking for a younger crowd. Car breaks down. House loses the air condition. And then what's the devil say? You should have kept the insurance on the house. If you'd have kept that homeowners, we wouldn't have to be paying for this. What are we going to do now? We're going to believe God. That my God supplies all my needs according to his riches and glory. He became poor so that I might become rich. Do you know what the definition of rich is? It means to have ample supply for yourself and have plenty left over to meet other needs. <laughs> it don't mean Donald Trump. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. Me and Donald, we could be like, I couldn't have a problem with his money. <laughs> Don't I like billion over million. Something about the M don't do very well when billion shows up. <laughs> but you know what? Let me just share a quick nugget and we'll get back to faith. Um, there's a scripture that says there's a guy that scatters seed and yet he increases. And then there's one who seems to have enough but holds back and it tends to poverty. Now put your ears on just for a second. Did you know poverty doesn't come from being poor? It comes from not knowing what to do with what you got. <laughs> I, I was stunned when I got that revelation because I got some extra money and I storing it up for myself. And I hadn't asked God what to do with it. See, poverty doesn't come from having money. Poverty comes from not walking in faith. Poverty comes from not doing it God's way. See, retirement is okay as long as it ain't the world's way. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if you retire and all you're going to do is enjoy the rest of your life and spend the rest of the money on yourself, you're not doing it God's way because there's no place in the Scripture unless Pastor John shows me this afternoon, not right now, while I'm preaching... <laughs> that there's a place in there that says retire and quit thinking about others, quit thinking about sowing seed, quit thinking about you've made your million and it's all for you and only for you. And when you die, you'll give it to your kids so that they'll waste it. I know I was doing good until I started talking about money like that. But the truth of the matter is some of you are poor financially because you don't have faith for money. I want to say it nice as I can. <clears throat> you are poor 
because you have no faith in God's ability to provide for you. Your job is your source. Your government's the next plan. Your disability is the third plan. If that don't work, your inheritance will work. (laughs) And if all else fails, I'm going to die and go to heaven anyway. (laughs) I only get to come about every five years so I can handle this. (laughs) I get to blow in, blow up, blow out. And leave the mess for Miss Ann and Pastor John. <laughs> for Pastor Ann. And you know, she's a mama. She's going to make whatever I said much better. But I promise you, she won't get away from faith. She'll turn you back to the Word of God. You see, there's, there's this thing in church that God understands. And let me say this to you about God understanding your circumstance. He does understand. And he does care. But all that will do nothing for you if you don't activate your faith. See, God loves everybody. It's God's will that nobody goes to hell. But because there are those that refuse to accept salvation when they die, God has to sit back and allow the reaping of their lifestyle to come. In the church, there seems to be a teaching of doctrine of man that God is understanding about your sin. Oh my gosh, get off that step. Let me get up on a higher box. Maybe I can think of something nicer. But God understands your sin, but he'll never endorse it. If he did, then why did he kick the devil out of heaven and cast him to the earth? He ain't changing the rules just for you, sweetheart. He didn't ch- and if he was, the only fair thing is he does it for me first. <laughs> Don't laugh. Don't poke your neighbor in the side. But you see, God understands. But God is also who he is. And I know this doesn't go good in USA as well as it does in Russia or in a communist country, but God is a dictator when it comes to his ways. It is his way or you don't get his reward. Y'all are all familiar with this, so please understand, mama and daddy taught you real well. If you don't do it like this, then you ain't going out on Friday. There's not a thing wrong with saying, if you do, I will. And the whole scripture is full. The whole Bible is full of it. See, Psalms 91 is not automatic. It says, he that declares and says out of his mouth, not Pastor John or Miss Ann saying it, or the preacher on TV saying it, it says, you have to declare it. If you ain't declaring it, I hate to tell you, God understands, but he ain't doing nothing for you. Now, I know that's hard, but I need to tell the truth to you. Because, see, the reason I'm still saved today, 35 years later, more in love with God, more in love with his word, is because he's never lied to me. And he's never changed his ways on me. Let me give you the hope for your future. That the God that you believe never changes will always be the same in your future. So if he provided for you back in 82, then he'll provide for you in 2082. He does not change. The Bible says in Malachi, I am God and I change not. (laughs) We have forgot that in the church. But the Bible says the word of God is a two-edged sword. It's a two-edged sword. It's got blessings on one side and it has the curse on the other side. Deuteronomy says if you do this, this is what will happen. And if you don't, this is what will still happen. Let me tell you, in the garden, when Adam failed, it wasn't about committing treason. It was about obedience. When obedience was done, everything was pleasant. When he became disobedient, things became rough for us. And he passed to you and I the fig leaf syndrome. 
And here's what's alive and well in the church today more than ever, the fig leaf syndrome. Listen to me. And that is doing it your way and not doing it God's way. See, Adam, the first Adam gave us what his ability was to cover their nakedness, their shame. Then the second Adam came along and he undid something for us. He took away our shame and gave us his robes of righteousness. But if you notice this in the garden, when God showed up to fellowship, he wasn't concerned. He wasn't concerned about what Adam and Eve had done. He was concerned about staying in fellowship. See, sin will break your fellowship, but God is greater than your sin. And it takes faith to remove your sin. It takes pleasing God to stay in fellowship. See, when God came looking for Adam, the first thing he did, strolled into the garden, just as he did every day. He just struck Adam. Did he know? Oh, yes, he knows. But let me tell you what God doesn't do. Just because he knows everything, he doesn't go ahead and cheat. He doesn't rearrange it for you when it comes to obedience. So, for instance, if you're supposed to tithe to have the vow rebuked in your life, like the Bible says, if you're not tithing, how can you expect God to rebuke the devour for you? What is tithing? Tithing is given 10% of all your increase. Tithing is given 10% of all your increase. I'm going to sum it up for you. Tithing is before taxes. Tithing is before you figure out how to show you made less money. I'm in business. I've done it. Okay, so I made $3,000, but I spent this, 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 this. But I really only made, uh, 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 and I'm fudging. But then I go to God. Why ain't something happening? And I expect him to overlook my obedience? Tithing? And what else are we supposed to be doing? Offerings. We don't even get into giving. Boy, I got hot in here. We don't even get into giving until we tithe and we give offerings. And God loves a cheerful giver. And God will provide seed for the what? Wait a second. We had a story about a sower. He thought he was getting a harvest, but he never sowed. You know what I call that? Ignorance. Now that you've heard the truth that you got to sow the seed, if you don't do it, you're stupid. Hello? Oh, but God understands that I can't afford to do it. Really? Could you imagine Jesus up on the cross dying for your sin and all of a sudden there's an interruption before Jesus is starting to say it is it is all 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 what what's up god i'm supposed to say it's finished because it's done i paid for it uh, uh hold on hold on maybe maybe it's just not enough for john rogers yet hold on wait a second i'm going to make an exception you don't have to do that jesus just stop right where you are and john will be okay no Jesus had to go all the way to pay the price. You see, God couldn't just interrupt him. God knew what was happening. But the whole entire time, God knew that his only begotten son was taking on not only your sin, not only your sicknesses, not only your disease, but the whole entire world's diseases on him. God had to say, I can't stop it. I have to let it happen. I can't make an exception for anybody. I know who I am. I know I'm the supreme one, but I gave my word. I can never change my word. I change not. I do not lie. I'm not a man I can't lie see God had to bring himself to himself he can't I don't know if that confused you or helped you but God can't make an exception for you darling and if you're too manly man God can't make a, a, an exception for you dude he ain't going to change his word just for you it's not Obamacare getting kicked out by Trump care. 
This is God's word is final. He told the devil that because of what you've done, this is going to happen. And the last Adam will bruise your head. The offense is not like the free gift. In other words, when Adam sinned, every man was going to be a sinner. But not every person is going to get to experience the life of God without faith. See, you got to understand God demands faith because it activates his power and his willingness to move on your behalf. I know you can go to the government and get help, but is that what you're supposed to do? I know you can go to your mother and listen to her stories of how God got them out of it, but is that what you're supposed to do? I know your mother might have had 12 husbands, but is that what you're supposed to do? And the reason I say that, I have a, a friend of mine, he's afraid to get married because his mother had 12 husbands. He's only 26 years old. I had to tell him, well, God's not like that. And if you'll do it God's way and learn God's way, you won't have to worry about having 12 wives. I had to preach that to him. I deal with drug addicted people and I have some issues in my own life with my own family. And, and somebody says, how do you handle it? I said, the same thing that I preach to them is the same thing I preach to myself. I have to, if I tell them to pray and press through, then I need to pray and press through. If I tell them to suck it up and do it God's way, then I have to do it because I beg God to, to show favor, to do things different for me. But he can't. It's not that he don't understand. It's not that he don't care. He just won't. But when the subject of faith comes up, he will stop and make sure that it happens. <laughs> you know, if you're listening to a radio station and you're trying to tune into it because the signal's getting weak, you're trying to hear that signal. See, every time you're tuning into faith, you're turning into what God says. See, in this world, you're going to have troubles. But you must understand God has nothing to do with that. He didn't send it. He is not the author of strife and confusion. He is not using the devil to teach you anything. He wrote us a book. Huh? This is only half of it. There's another half. But he wrote us a book that tells us the love story of how much he loves us. He wrote a book to tell us how to live our life and what would please him, what would cause our life to shine. We are never going to get away from faith no matter what preacher's talking about. God doesn't require that, that all of us are equal in his eyes. We're not equal in his eyes when it comes to pleasing him unless it's by faith. And listen, tithing, 10%, and I'm going to start closing, we're going to pray. Listen, I want to tell you something. Tithing 10%, if I, if I tithe $2,000 a week to the church and you tithe $200 a month to the church, in the eyes of God, I have given exactly the same amount you have. Faith is an equalizer of all human beings. It's the only thing that makes us all the same. Whether we're black, yellow, green, white, Caribbean, 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 all the different Asians and all the different Italians, faith is the same equalizer. Faith is God's plan. Faith was God's way. Faith is supernatural. Faith lets you hear things that your neighbors can't hear. Your faith allows you to see what your neighbors can't see. Faith causes God to act on your behalf. Faith brings your healing to you. If you ain't been healed, you might check your faith because God ain't holding it up. You ain't got no problems, Eda. Uh, Shambach said, he said this. He said, you don't have uh, 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 any problems. All you need is faith in God. Amen. <laughs> I know you need a refrigerator. Well, then use your faith. Faith will provide you everything that you need. Faith is the answer to every marital problem. And let me close with this as I give some certain instructions. I talked about people that have 
issues going with the law. I want you to come up here now and just still pay attention. Just walk up here if you're dealing with the law. And if you have a diagnosed blood issue and it's in the blood or whatever, I want you to come over here. I want to deal with those first. And then we're going to pray in general for any kind of sickness. So, whoo, whoo. Are we all family here? If you want a better marriage, I want you to line up here in the middle. I know you're like, what? I don't know what's going on. Nobody, who cares? Who cares? They're not married to your spouse. You need to get in line. Only, isn't it amazing only women laughed? You know why only women laugh? Because men really think they never did nothing wrong. You know how I know that? I have a biblical example. Well, it's the woman that thou gavest me. Do you know what God did? He didn't go, oh, you poor little guy. He said, I'm going to deal with you in a second. And he said, now, lady, Eve, you were deceived. Devil, I'm really going to tear it up on you. But now, Adam, you knew exactly what to do. Do you see, God understood what was going on, but he still put responsibility back on Adam. And thank God Adam responded the way that he did. Huh? When the second Adam came, which is Jesus, right? When he got there, he said that I am going to do the finished work for you. I am the, I am the one who provides, but you are the believer. All you're supposed to do is believe, and he will provide. <laughs> so this is my line for a better marriage. I would say, why am I saying about, why did I just feel this? Who's wanting to have a baby? Raise your hand. Who's wanting, to, you're wanting, to, you, do you have a wife? A fiance? <laughs> okay, we got to get you married first. You're wanting a baby? You're wanting a baby? Come over here. Hurry, hurry. See, this is demonstration of the power of the Holy Ghost. So your faith to be in who? Why, is, why does God show his power? Why does God demonstrate his power? So your belief and your trust and your hope will be in him and not in man. Come on now, hurry. Come on, babies. Come on, get over here, babies. Blood issue. Marriage, legal. Pastor John, I'm going to need five more minutes after 12. Can I have five more minutes? Can I share a story right quick? Remember where Jesus turned the water into wine? Why is it we all want it as a license to drink? I, everybody I talked to, well, I mean, Jesus turned water into wine. It's okay. I should drink. There's No, you missed the whole story. You miss what was going on there. It was a custom of the time. One of God's families was in an emergency need. The wine ran out. It was the custom of the time. And, and they needed more wine. So God was concerned about the family. If you really look real close, he was just saying, I'm, I, I'm concerned about my family. He didn't make it an issue about drinking. He said, I'm concerned about their need. And then I'm going to deal with them later about if they're drunks. Because a drunk and having needs met are two different subjects. I bring that all up because of a drunk. I want to say something to you. I want to say it real, real gentle as I can. God loves you. And he knows what you're doing behind closed doors. And he will be your source. He will heal you where you can't be healed by that alcohol or by those prescription drugs anymore. I declare to you today that you'll disdain alcohol, that you'll disdain those prescription drugs in the name of Jesus. I break that authority over your life right now in the name of Jesus. You will be free from this day forth. Your testimony will be at my beckoning, says God. You'll tell others about it, and as you do, you'll get stronger. You'll see because today I'm going to prove myself to you, and your faith will be greater in me. Last but not least, this could fit a lot of people. 
but I want you to think about this before you react. You have been drier than the desert. And you know God loves you, and you know you're saved, but you just can't see beyond your own nose because you're so dry. You're thinking this life is not worth it anymore. I don't understand what's going on. I don't know why my life is this way. I don't, I can't understand. I'm doing everything according to faith. I'm trying to do it God's way, but I'm so dry. And if I don't get touched by God soon or today, I'm turning it in. I'm sorry I've gone over, but you see the results of what's happening here and what God's doing. It's important. We're in the river of God. His presence is here. His presence here. Now, as I start to pray for the others, the rest of you, God has something too. He wants you to know that the limit that you have put on him, he has taken off of you today. That you can start to enjoy him more than you ever have. You can hop back into the river of God and experience me in a new and fresh way. I baptize each and every one of you in a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit right now in the name of Jesus to be overflowing, to have joy beyond that is speakable. Reach into the wells of salvation with your joy bucket right now in Jesus' name and look at your problems different in the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Ooh, God told me, he said, Pastor, he said, from now on, when you go places, don't worry about their faith. He said, I want you to use your faith for their healing. I want you to use your faith for their increases. I want you to quit being afraid of using the authority I gave. That's what he told me. Today is the first time in five years that I have just done exactly what I'm supposed to do without hesitation. And 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 y'all don't know this. I was wrestling and wrestling so hard because it's Mother's Day. And Pastor asked me, and I was like, oh my God, a Mother's Day's message. All I can say about mothers is I love them. You know, I'm not one of those type of preachers that can just sit down and conjure up something. But I am one of those preachers, if you get me right in the flow, I'm gone. And uh, so up until day before yesterday, when we see my mom, Friday, yesterday, Pastor called me and, and we were talking and, and, and his last words were to me, uh, 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 John, I thought he's going to say like, you know, make sure you quit on time or something like that. Uh, you don't have to preach a Mother's Day's message. And I thought, oh, God. Oh, thank you, God. Because everything I got wasn't about mama. It was about God. It was about doing it his way. It's about exalting him and lifting up my Savior, the one who whooped the devil, the one who's given us heaven, the one who's promised us everything if we can believe. <laughs> because that's what I walk and talk, and that's the way I live. <laughs> You know what? It's, it's, I forgot what's over here. Dry. I would have thought there was more than one person, but one person would be enough because she was obedient. That's what we need right there. You sure now? I'm going to give, before we close that line right here, I just want to give the dry one more. You know, I'm going to tell you the truth. If you ain't never been through a dry spell, you might not be saved. So I just don't want you to think, you know, dry could mean a lot of things. God ain't going to tell off on you. God's going to refire you over there. You know, there's an old saying I heard a long time ago that there's no such thing as retirement. There's refirement. God never retires anything. He refires you. <laughs> you know why God's doing this with legal stuff, right? Because it takes forever when you get involved with lawyers and stuff. I mean, it could be forever. So you are used to waiting, so stay put. So <laughs> it's the truth. I took one day, one preacher kept passing me and passing me and passing me and going, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he finally come back and he goes, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then he comes back and he goes, uh-huh. And then he said, look at me. I said, uh-huh. He said, do you trust me? I said, uh-huh. And you know what he did? He hauled back and closed-fisted punched me right in the face. I'm not going to do that. But, he, you know, by waiting. So good things happened. You say, well, what happened? I don't know, but it's, I've never been the same. I've never asked God to punch me. I know that. 
I know what that means, though. Watch. Look. Look. Adam, where are you? See, when Adam was struggling, God went to him and called him out and said, Adam, Adam, where are you? See, God doesn't turn his back on you because of your dryness, because of your sin. He'll call your name. Adam, Adam, Adam. Maybe you're here today and you're not sure you are going to heaven. You've never confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're backslidden. Maybe you want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. I don't want to close without giving you the opportunity to receive. I want you to go right here. It was a general call of those three things because I've learned it doesn't embarrass anybody. But I will say this when it comes to salvation. If you won't stand up for God for your salvation, I've heard people say that you're ashamed of him, so he'll be ashamed of you. God is never ashamed of you. He hurts that you won't make a stand for him. He's paid too great of a price for you. So if you haven't been born again, I want you to come here. If you want to be filled with the Holy Ghost right there. And if you're backslidden, do you want to know what that really means? It means that you're not doing it by faith anymore. That's all that means. So fill that roll up if that fits your category. I know many of you are going to be late to where you're supposed to eat, but it's okay. If you want to know how okay it is, talk to the people God ministered to. Thank you, Father. We just come and cast all our care. I speak to the wave and to the storm. Peace. Make a way when there is no way. Bring us, bring a total out. There's nothing that's not common unto men that God hasn't made a way out through his word. And I release that now over the congregation for the next 30 days, a supernatural visitation in your homes, in your quiet place to strengthen you in your faith in Jesus name, in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Pastor, I'm sorry. I'll give it back to you now.